1: Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's time for the opening opening drive. Okay, so Dan, the way that Justin Fields handled the situation, I think was very telling and interesting to me. Uh, I believe that as we sit here, it's very difficult to predict. And yet it's not that complicated to me, as you point <laughs> out, I think it's an easy decision. I don't see any way that Justin Fields, after revealing his injury uh, as what it was can play against the jets, not against a defense that um, is ha- 17 sacks. I think in this last three games out, not against a-, a challenge that great, but I think just, the fact that it could be worse, I understand he's a tough guy, but I think this is where the team must intervene and save the athlete from himself. I don't know what can be gained from him having uh, this uh, putting himself in harm's way. this I, I like his attitude. But I don't think it's it's wise.
0: We tried to press Matt Aberflues at the end of his session. Uh, this was well before practice and well before Justin spoke on on who's going to have the final say in this matter. Because it's sort of an interesting call here on whether the coaching staff is going to be able to uh, offer the red light or the green light or whether they're going to need guidance from above, from the front office. And I, I would tend to think that, that Ryan Poles, uh, if he does not agree with the direction things are headed, would be very wise to jump in here and say, let's hold up. Right. Like we have to keep a uh, entire franchise's bigger picture view in mind. And is the juice worth the squeeze here? I don't think anyone uh, in a logical frame of mind would say that there's a ton to gain for the Bears in playing Justin Fields in this late November game in 2022, as much as there is to risk in case he gets hurt. David, even if he got hurt with something separate, right, like say injures a calf or something against the Jets, people would point back to this and say, well, he wasn't 100 percent and he was vulnerable and he was compromised and did that shoulder pain lead to him playing with limitations that then left him susceptible to being injured in other ways. And so I just I, I think if you're looking at this through clear eyes and with a, a vision that goes beyond trying to beat the Jets and then four game losing streak, you say, take the break, get the rest, get the recovery, get the strength back in that thing. And let's see what you got to finish the season strong.
1: There's a lot of context to consider because the player was so unusually forthcoming about his condition. (laughs) And I think that's why, when you factor some of these things in, it's worth considering his state of mind, his willingness to share, and I think it's best for people at this point. So for just a couple of minutes, listen to a compilation of what Justin Fields had to say when asked about his injury
0: Wednesday at Hallis Hall what's your understanding of what the injury is for you right now
1: yeah so it's just a separated shoulder with you know partially torn ligaments basically like an AC joint so yeah that's my understanding of it
0: what is the biggest limitation you have right now when in terms of movement and mobility really?
1: yeah it's just some movements that I do with my arm you know it hurts it a good bit so like I said just trying to you know work through those motions and kind of get my arm used to moving and those particular motions that, you know, hurt it. So it's used to, you know, moving that way and it gets the muscles stronger. I just feel like if I can play and, you know, that I'm not, you know, furthering the risk of injury and I can do what I need to do to be able to protect myself, I think, you know, that'll be good enough for me to play. It just depends, you know, like, I don't know what hits I'm going to take on Sunday. So, you know, if, you know, if my shoulder can withhold those hits and stuff like that. So... I mean, you really can't predict if it can get worse or you not, know, just based on you know of what's going to happen. All right, Dan. In those answers, and I think his state of mind, I, I had a lot of thoughts there. Number one, I think that this ends up being in in an odd sort of way a very positive week for Justin Fields, and this is aside from the wins. And I think everybody understands what's going on here with the Bears record-wise. Yeah, but I think that when you're evaluating and you're a quarterback, a young leader, a fr- especially a franchise quarterback, you're evaluating so many things that have to do with life off the field, in the locker room, and how his state of mind, his character, if you will, leadership. This has been a great week for Justin Fields in terms of leadership. Number one, we got the anecdote that he also addressed during the <laughs> Wednesday presser about him apologizing to the team before Eddie Jackson cut him off after the Falcons game and says, don't worry about it. That showed, I think, you know, pretty good accountability. And number two, Offering what was wrong with him, wanting to play, and not being shy about, uh, be kind of taking ownership of his own career and health and well being because we have seen so many examples in the NFL where that doesn't happen. This may be an elaborate uh, game, gamesmanship by the Bears in theory, but I think Justin Fields, in being so transparent and forthcoming. I think put his best foot forward. So, I think this has been a very good week for Justin Fields leader not necessarily yeah. feels quarterback.
0: Well, these are four words I wrote down toughness, leadership, resilience, drive. I don't have a single question about any of those things with Justin Fields. And I don't think you do either. I mean, these are boxes that have been checked. And when you're trying to identify a long-term franchise quarterback, those are really nice pluses to have, right. And and now you got to supplement it week in, week out with, with productive play. And that's come here over the last plus month. Justin's, uh, competitive desire, right? His want to be on the field is notable and it goes back his entire life. And really it was evident in college. And we've seen it these last two seasons as well, in terms of how tough he is physically, how tough he is mentally and just the want to, right? Like there's a want to there that's obvious and it's undeniable. And so, so you wrap your arms around that and say, my God, thank God we have this. You don't have to look any further, David, than the opponent for this weekend to see what happens when a starting quarterback is five and two, as a starter this season, but has suddenly lost confidence of the people that are in his building with him. Robert solid decides to replace Zach Wilson this week with with Mike Wilson or I'm sorry, with Mike White and 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 you have a, a situation here where it's like, wow Thank God you're not the Jets, right? What what a what a conundrum to be in there, to have a guy that you drafted number two overall, uh, in a predicament like he's in now, in a spotlight, and 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 it's it's something that isn't going to be easy to climb out of. To Justin's credit, with the focus on the Bears, you've got uh, you've got an example here of a guy that 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 people love playing with, that people love playing for, and that people rally around, and that's been evident.
1: It's an unavoidable contrast, right? You see it's right in front of you. The Jets are making a a quarterback change in part because Zach Wilson says something that he can't take back. You can't unring that bell when he was asked if he feels like he let the defense down. And he said, no, (laughs) you can't say that in New York. You can't say that in Charlotte, but in in Charlotte, it's not going to resonate as loudly as it does in New York city. So I get why they are replacing Zach Wilson, and I do think that it underscores just how much the Bears have in terms of the intangibles in Justin Fields, and I don't care what they were saying about them coming out of the draft. What we have seen as young professionals is that Justin Fields is ready, willing, and able to take over that kind of leadership and responsibility, whereas Zach Wilson clearly, if he were ready, they would keep a quarterback who's 5-2 and two, at the helm if he were the guy ready to steer the ship, but he's shaky. So I don't think that you can do anything but compare those guys and 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 re- kind of relish in the regret that the Jets must must have seeing Justin Fields and the Bear, do what he has done for the Bears while you know he went what nine picks after Zach Wilson in the same draft. So yeah. that's an interesting contrast. Okay, so talk talk me out of this one, Dan. And, and I want to yeah. talk through it. So I I definitely think that it's in Justin Fields' best interest not to play, even though he'll probably will push. He'll push and he'll want to do that. But every game is its own season. And I don't think that sitting against the Jets means necessarily he has to sit against the Packers. Let's wait and see. But time is an ally here. And how he feels, you know, four days or two days before kickoff against the Jets may be entirely different how he feels next week on Tuesday, next week on Wednesday. So I do think that you don't have to make a decision before you have to make it. The only one you have to worry about right now is the Jets and that's probably as far as you want to look for the bears.
0: Right. And 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 that's where I think that just like the, the big picture practicality needs to win out here, right? If this team was 7 and 4 and they needed a, this victory to to make a run at winning a division title or to or to, you know, increase their playoff seating, you say, "Yeah, let's 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 find every possible way to get treatment on that shoulder, to get medical uh, staff uh, advisement and and do everything you can to try to play on Sunday." In this case, you're 3 and 8, right? And it's okay to acknowledge that, right? Like they've acknowledged acknowledged from the start of this year that it's going to be a rebuilding year and their moves with the roster have told you that and so so why contradict that by forcing your quarterback injured back onto the field for a game that in the big picture of, of, of all of this means almost nothing, right? I, I know it would be a valuable experience. It would be a good uh, test to take, but it doesn't need to be taken this weekend. And so, yeah, I think we're on the same page with with kind of the, the hope that, that that practicality plays out. Who knows? Justin may play. He may gut this out, go out there and play and, and survive. And, and we'll, we'll have a game on Sunday that we can anau- analyze and, and figure out what it means. I just I just don't know what's in it and and you would think that for the bears you would be cognizant of that and you would want your backup quarterback trevor simeon to get some reps right and 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 to 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 go down that route um yeah, I, I, I just don't know how much more there is to say about it at the same time. It's just like Justin saying, like, you know, coaches put it in my hands and and I'm, I'm going to, you know, let them know whether I should play or not. And Matt Eberflus saying we want to win this game. And you're like, OK, I get it, Matt. But like, come on, like, is that well, just you saying that on the podium or do you really feel that way?
1: Yeah. And, and I do think this day I, I only cringed once when he was talking. And that was what I consider to be sort of a flawed premise that the injury can't get worse. I think injuries can always get worse, sure. and especially against a pass rush as fierce as the Jets is. And with the quarterback whose instinct is to tuck and run as often as it is Justin Fields to tuck and run. And I think we saw that on second down in that final series. What happened? There was a breakdown of communication. What happened? It was a botched play. What did he do? Instead of trying to force hand handoff to David Montgomery and let him take the hits and the load and the brunt of the punishment, he tucked it and ran down the hole through the hole himself first after getting injured. So I don't know if Justin Fields as gifted as he is, as special as he, as he is, understands yet quite how to protect himself. And I do worry that even though he says he can't get any worse and the doctors may reinforce that, it always can get worse.
0: No doubt. There's no question. And you're always at risk of, of aggravating an injury or, again, like I said, suffering something else that then people will tie back to this, whether it's tied back to this or not. Um, look, I, I, I get the guy's DNA. And I love the guy's DNA because that's what a, a franchise quarterback should have. It should be that push on an everyday basis to say, I'm going to be there with my guys and I'm going to do everything I can to play. But people around him have to be smarter, right? They have to be wiser. They have to get there. It was notable. I, I did ask Justin, I said, what's the worst pain in your life that you've ever played through? He said in the national championship game when Ohio State played Alabama and he had cracked ribs and a partially torn hip muscle. And that was the you know the last game of the year. He said, I, I would have had to die to miss that game. A, a, and then I reminded him, right, like three and eight Bears Versus the Jets at MetLife, uh, you know, in, in Week Twelve of Twenty Twenty Two isn't exactly for a, a ring, and so, so like you know, it's a different set of stakes. It's a different magnitude of of, of a moment here, and so it's okay uh, to kind of. Dial down that self-driven pressure or that self-driven motivation, and and just say, all right, let's let's just take a week and, and understand. That to your point, the Packers are coming to town a week beyond this. That's a nice big stage game, right? Like, well, let's be ready for that, and 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 try to put the focus there. But look, they'll sort through it as the week goes, and and hopefully before uh, before Sunday morning, we'll have a much clearer indication on where they're leaning.
1: Just a couple more things on this because I, I find it kind of interesting. I, I liked your line of questioning, and I thought that he was very open to it and you also were there with Matt Eberflus when he talked about it I just wonder I, I don't want to take for granted certain things that when you're not in the room and I've been in that room so I know there can be a, a difference in tone and feel and context how would you describe was there a defensiveness on either side was there I, I feel like there was an openness from Justin <laughs> Fields that I didn't expect we don't often see but I don't know how to describe the coach's perspective, the 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 building's, you know, state of mind here and the Bears, uh, because I do think they're very different entities, very different mindsets in how to deal with injuries. And we're starting to see more players take ownership of their own um, information. Uh, so uh, dissemination, if you if you will. See
0: that's important, right? And we could we could have a fifty minute podcast just on this topic because I said to Caitlin Sharkey at WGN this afternoon that it's always in the player's best interest for the injury information to be out there. Always, one hundred percent. It may not be in the team's best interest, but it's always in the player's best interest because the outside world deserves to know what they're dealing with. And I I, I always cite Kyle Long in this situation because we watched him in Tampa. I think you were there for that game when he left on a cart and suffered just an awful ankle injury, right? Ankle was shredded. There was so much wrong in that ankle and and the things that Kyle had to go through to get surgery and rehab and regroup that the outside world didn't know because the Bears for so long under John Fox's, uh, you know, principles didn't want that information out there. Right. And so then Kyle got got blasted by segments of the fan base that thought he was not tough enough and that he was, you know, too slow in coming back and wasn't able to clear hurdles and, you know, came into training camp with 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 limitations and wasn't able to practice right away. And you, you get this reputation that you didn't deserve even when you're gutting out and trying to get back as quick as possible from a very, very serious injury. So that's one case where you say, man, right, right. Like the player didn't benefit from the team doing that to him, even though they thought they were kind of gaining something somewhere along the line. Um, I'll let you respond to that. And then I got another thought.
1: Well, I think, I think we've always got to keep that in mind. And we're all sort of influenced by experiences that we've either covered or been through. You mentioned Kyle Long. I go back even earlier. I'm not going to identify the player because I, I vowed at the time I wouldn't, but there was a disparity my first year, second year on the beat out of house hall and the player was claiming that he was injured and couldn't play. The team insisted that he wasn't injured. Look at the x-rays. I wrote it and kind of criticized um, the team for what I was, you know, basically trying to push the player, kind of, not a similar situation, but we've all been in those, those kind of stories. Sure. I I was invited into the, the inner sanctum at house hall by the medical team at the time. They, I got shown an x-ray to basically support their, their premise And and I guess I only share that story as as a point of to the beginning of time in the NFL world, there's the team and there's the player. And they don't always, because they represent the same, on the same sidelines represent the same interests. And I think that's worth remembering. And I always think about that when we see examples like this one, where the team is saying, well, you know what? He might play. He could play if he's, if he's going to play, if he's hundred percent, he's going to play. And Justin Fields, well, you know what? I've got a I've got a separated shoulder and it's an AC joint, and he's very specific. Thank you, Dr. Fields. I love it. We love it. But I do think it's worth noting that it's very different in the approach because there are different interests being served.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and listen, like Justin surprised me and it was refreshing when he was so open. We, we've seen him at Wednesday press conferences not give us anything. And today he gave us everything. Every question that was asked, he gave a, a an honest, uh, direct answer to with some thought and some introspection to it. And so that was great. He climbs up my Jeff Dickerson good guy award rankings, right? Like <laughs> we got to give that out next month. Justin did his, his stock went on the rise with that today. Matt Eberflus was intentionally evasive as he, as he usually is, particularly with injury. Um, and and he believes that the, there is something to be gained in, as far as having a competitive advantage by withholding as much of that as he possibly can. We talked about it on the the podcast earlier in the week that we don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I did think it was interesting that when when Matt was kind of asked, "Hey, what if what if your desires for what you want to do with uh, Justin conflict with what Ryan Poles wants to do?" and and he said, "Well, then there's a pretty big argument." Then and <laughs> and he was just joking, but but it was to the point of like, "Look, there are difficult decisions." that are are needed to be made in a building at times and that, that leads to discussions where everybody's got to find their way to the same page eventually. Um, and so it's going to be kind of a fascinating experience, I guess, for the people involved this week to go through it with a high profile decision that, that you know, obviously uh, is going to be something that they will remember for a while and, and and try to figure out where everyone's coming from.
1: Well, this is what I want your perspective on. So I, I, I and I don't want to magnify this any more than it, than it needs to be, but I, I am following a trend here. Matt Eberflus is pretty open about the Jalen Johnson situation when if he's on the field, the expectations don't change. And then Jalen Johnson kind of revealed later uh, a couple of days during the week after uh, the Lions game. Well, you know what? I was affected and it probably did impair my ability to cover Tom Kennedy or whoever else uh, on that Sunday. You have a coaching staff that is like if you're on the field you're on the field and that's the expectation levels that you're going to play. It's different when you have a quarterback. And I think that this also makes me wonder about where is that conversation headed and how will it go and what role will the player's voice have. How far will that carry? You have Justin Fields' interest being represented. You have the Bears' long-term interest that you can't ignore. And you have Matt Eberflus, the coach, instinctively chiming in about Sunday needing to win that game. It gets very complicated and noisy. And I just wonder: does Matt Eberflus have to be sensitive or aware of not being the guy perceived to be pushing his players beyond reasonable limits.
0: Right. Like, I, I think what you're getting at is is everything that Matt said in his 15-minute session with the media genuine, or some of it, you know, contrived for, for gamesmanship purposes that then create a perception of who you actually are as a coach, which is different than what you are actually doing behind the scenes. And it becomes a complicated dance that you have to dance. And first-time head coaches sometimes have difficulty dancing that dance. Some of them get over it and, and figure it out as they go. Others never get it, right, and, and, and don't ever figure out how to do that. Um, it's an interesting topic of conversation, and it is something that, that you know, it's it's part of what we're learning about Matt Iberflus. I, you know, I left uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta on Sunday saying, you know, like if you take out the development that Justin Fields has made over the past month, which is what, what has created a, a – Major, major surge of hope in Chicago. What else do we really know about this team, right? Like, do we know if the head coach can coach? Do we know if the general manager can actually build a roster? We know he can tear it down, but we know—do we know if he can build it back up? What do we know about this defense and this defensive coordinator? What do we know about the supporting cast around Justin? What do we know about the defense? And it's like, man, when you ask those questions, you're like, golly, you know, like we have a ton to learn about this football team before we consider anything about a, a potential climb and rise to, to relevance and and championship contention again, because there are just so many unanswered questions. And one of those questions is just, who is this head coach? What's in his DNA and how does he get results? And some of that is stuff that, that we won't know, right? Like we're going to have to learn it as we go. And, and we're in the process of going.
1: Okay. Before we close the book on this segment and look ahead to other things and make our predictions, gut feeling Justin Fields against the Jets. Does he play or not? I'll start. I just don't think that he will. I don't think he should, and I think that it's in his best interest in the Bears' best interest just to take a week. Not saying shut him down. I'm not saying, you know, this means one game is is a three-week vacation. I think that you make a a week-by-week basis, and this week the decision should be no, he should not play. Trevor Simeon starts, and Nathan Peterman backs him up
0: you know just to to reiterate we're recording this on on Wednesday evening and when i woke up Wednesday morning my my thought process of that question was he won't play and he shouldn't play well here we are i'm still sitting inside these walls on Wednesday evening and a lot more will happen on Thursday that will give more clarity to the situation and i say he shouldn't play And I don't know if he'll play because I've been inside these walls for 10 years. And I've seen decisions made that absolutely left me scratching my head. And that's different regimes, different leadership tactics, everything involved. I don't know. I don't know. They they, they may decide that, okay, we want to see how he plays. Uh, We don't think that he can aggravate the injury worse than it is right now. And so let's get him that experience. And so right now, as I sit here on Wednesday evening, I say, I don't know. And and, and I, I don't have a strong gut feeling.
1: That's okay. I mean, we don't have to know. We can have opinions. My opinion would be it's in the best interest to sit, even though I'm with you there. We're not anything. We're closer to knowing for sure. So if I'm in
0: charge, I say no. I 100 percent put up the red light and say, let's just let's move on to next week. And Trev, you know, get your playbook out and start studying some film.